Hey guys, welcome to my podcast The Old Files. I am your host Arpit Sharma. Today I have a case which shows that serial killers are not like the other killers. Like in movies, they are not someone with a hoodie. They are not someone who walks the street only at night. They are not someone who just jumps out of bushes and kill you. But a serial killer is always in front of the society. He is always contributing and socializing in the society, disguised and waiting for the right moment to strike. Today I will talk about a killer crown who killed 33 young boys in the span of 6 years. This episode shines the light on the life of John Wayne Gacy. I will start the episode by telling you about addiction. Addiction is a brain disorder characterized by compulsive engagement in rewarding stimuli despite the adverse consequences. This definition I looked up on the internet though but yeah addiction is something by which a person do a constant activity again and again despite the negative consequences and in my opinion John Wayne Gacy was addicted to killing he even made his very own death machine in his basement i will cover it up later in the episode but yes gacy was addicted to killing young boys John Wayne Gacy was born on 17th March 1942 in Chicago Illinois to John Stanley Gacy and Marian Elaine Robinson. Growing up, his father made the most impact on Gacy's life. Gacy always wanted the approval of his father in anything he did. He wanted that his father acknowledge the work he do, but his father always looked upon John. He even called his son as sissy and mama's boy. Gacy and his siblings grew up with an alcoholic father who used to beat up his children and their mother with or without any reasons. One time the family was having dinner and suddenly out of nowhere and with no reason Gacy's father punched his mother right on the face the punch was so hard that his mother fell off the chair but before he can punch again she ran out of the house and seek help from the neighbors his father used to beat up his mother in front of him and all his children which made a great impact on Gacy's mind and maybe that's why he thought that beating and torturing children is okay Another time according to Gacy's friend he and Gacy was playing in his father's garage and suddenly Gacy's father started to beat up Gacy with a belt out of no reason because of his father's beatings and the fear of him Gacy never mentioned any problem to his parents once Gacy was molested by one of his relative who used to drive him around the town but Gacy never mentioned this problem to his father or mother fearing that his father might blame this on him and then beat him again At the age of 7 or 8, Gacy fell down a swing and hit his head. The incident resulted in him having blackouts and that led to his congenital heart diseases. But his father was convinced that Gacy was faking it for attention and never believed his condition. Although his sisters and mother believed in him blackouts, but there was no conclusive reports to show this. At the age of 18, John Wayne Gacy left his home and flew to a different town away from his father's shadow in search of work. According to some criminologists, serial killers are used to have contact with dead bodies from a young age, and that's what happened with John Wayne Gacy. Also, as his first job was of a janitor in a mortuary. But after earning and saving some money, Gacy came back to his hometown. Then in September 1964 John married Marlene in Waterloo. Marlene's father owned many fast food restaurants and made Gacy the manager of these chains. After that Gacy became a self-made building contractor. 
In his years of being a contractor, Gacy started to gain trust of his neighbors and colleagues and people started to see him as a pillar of society. In my opinion, this was his childhood doing this to him. In his childhood, he felt alienated in school because of his heart problem and nobody saw him as anything. And now when he is an adult, he started pulling all kinds of events and parties so that he can become the center of attraction. But his false pretenses and the image he built was going to go down soon. In 1967, John Wing Gacy lured 16-year-old John Tollery to his home and there they drank and played pool. But suddenly, the fun evening turned to a horrible event for Tollery. As Gacy forced him on the bed and forced him to cuff himself to the bed and in a moment Gacy was on top of Tollery and he started to choke him. But fortunately, he didn't kill the boy. Instead, he allowed him to go and that resulted in the arrest of John Wayne Gacy on the charge of sodomy and sentenced to 10 years in prison. This was the first time when John Wayne Gacy was arrested by police. According to John Wayne Gacy's friends, he was a very charming and talkative boy. He could get out of any situation by talking and also he was a great liar. So in prison, Gacy hid the reason he was arrested, that was sodomizing a young boy. Because in prison, the other prisoners don't like any pedophile in their cell and they always tend to kill the person who sodomizes young children. Along with this fact hidden, Gacy started to make friends in the prison by his charming ability and his talkative nature. At that time, the prison warden was Richard Snavely. He took a fondness to Gacy as Gacy showed good behavior and he promoted Gacy to the first cook. During his time in prison, Gacy's father died due to natural reasons. This made a devastating impact on Gacy in prison as the prison also refused his permission to go to his father's funeral. Although his father was a very abusive man, but according to Gacy, he always loved his father and never hated him anytime. Now, after 18 months in prison, a surprise turning of life happened to John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy, who was sentenced to 10 years in prison, was pardoned and allowed to walk free after just 18 months because of the good behavior, which was just a facade. After his release in 1970, he started again as the contractor and then he married Carol Hoff, who was a divorcee with two children. Gacy again quickly gained the trust of the town and he also started to hire young boys for his construction company. But like you, I am doubtful that he was only hiring them for the construction work. Then after a short while, Carol also divorced Gacy because of domestic abuse she was facing. In 1971, Gacy was again charged by Chicago police with disorderly conduct when a boy complained about Gacy forcing him to do sexual act. But the case was later dropped as the boy didn't appear in court. I wonder what happened to the boy? Well, moving on to the first murder which started John Wayne Gacy's killing spree. In 1972, Timothy McCoy was abducted by John Wayne Gacy and then later killed by stabbing. But the body was never found by the police and neither the, the killer, so case got cold. Meanwhile, Gacy continued in being a famous and well-liked person among his community. He also started to participate in all the community events and parties. John also used to dress up like a clown and visited children in their birthday parties and other events. And because of this, the image of him was of a very kind and cheerful person who helped everyone. 
During the day, John Wayne Gacy was a contractor, but at night, a beast. He started cruising around the area to pick up young gay boys and then bringing them back to his house and tortured them and then ultimately would strangle them to their death. Gacy also used to dress up like a cop and stop people by showing his badge and then abducts them to do his deeds. In 1975, the disappearing of the young boys came into notice as the boys were disappearing at an alarming rate. For Gacy, these boys were not humans, but they are becoming an object to him and the more they are becoming like an object, the more they suffered. Unlike other serial killers, John used to pick up homeless or abandoned children so that no one will come looking for them and therefore the police also saw the disappearance as the boys running away. In March of 1978, a 27-year-old Jeffrey Ragnall was lured in Gacy's car, who then chloroformed Jeffrey and took him to his house. But Gacy didn't kill him. Instead, he left him to tell the tale, and later that's what he did. Jeffrey wrote a book on the suffering he faced at Gacy's house. The following account is from his book, and it may be harsh and gore for some people, so viewers' discretion is advised. According to Jeffrey Ragnall, when he woke up inside the house, he was in his basement and fastened to a torture device called the rake. This device kept Ragnall restrained on a wooden board suspended by chains with holes for arms and head. Ragnall also told that when he woke up, he saw Gacy standing in front of him naked with many torturing devices. And he then go on to rape Ragnall. Another interesting fact Ragnall told in the book is that he saw another man in the basement while Gacy was raping him but the allegation was never confirmed Gacy was constantly evading the police even when he was the only person who was hiring young boys to work for him but because of his image in the society nobody suspected him but along his spree just like every killer Gacy made a mistake which was instead of going after homeless young boys this time he came after an all-American boy with a good family. In December 11, 1978, Rob Peast was working late in a pharmacy. Later that evening, his mother came to pick him up. There, Rob told her to wait as he will go and talk to a man who will offer him a job at construction site for his summer holiday. His mother saw him go to the parking lot, but unfortunately, he never returned. The family rapidly filed the missing person report and upon investigation, the owner of the drugstore gave police the address, name and phone number of the contractor as he did some work in the pharmacy too. The contractor was John Wayne Gacy. Immediately, the police filed for a search warrant and knocked on Gacy's door. Upon searching the house, police found a trap door inside a cabinet which opened in a void under the house. The police opened the door and searched inside, but they found nothing. The place was all dried up and leveled, with no indication of doubt, and hence the police left empty-handed. But the police placed Gacy under supervision. And during the first search, they did found some things like button, rings, and other small things, which the police thought was some kind of trophies. And that made the police to again get the search warrant and dig up the crawl space. The police again came to Gacy's house and started digging the crawl space. And upon digging, they did found a body, but it was not of Rob.
But yes, they did found a body and as they were leaving, one of the officers shouted from the crawl space and said, I have another ribcage here. And that led to the extensive digging of the crawl space, which led to the discovery of 29 bodies. According to the police chief there, he couldn't believe his eyes. His eyes was fixated on Gacy. And he was thinking that how can someone kill so many person and still goes on to live his daily life. He also felt gut-wrenching emotion for all the victims and their families. But out of all the 29 bodies, none of them was of Rob Peast. There were so many bodies crammed underneath the house that the bodies melted together and the bones had to be sorted for more than two years to put together the full skeletons. Many of the victims of John Wayne Gacy are still unidentified. Recently, in 2011, the victim number 24 was found by the police and identified by the police. According to Gacy, he had no place under his house as it was packed with 29 bodies. So he then threw four bodies in Des Plaines River and there police found the remains of Rob Peast. Upon questioning, Gacy broke and confessed to the crimes. He also explained his MO that he would tie his victims and then use to torture them. He would use fire poker or use to drip hot wax on their bodies or drown them in bathtub for torturing. He also confessed that he killed 32 victims by strangulation. He stabbed his first victim. On Feb 6, 1980, John Wayne Gacy stood trial of killing 33 young boys. The defense did play the insanity card, but it didn't help, as Gacy had Bibles and Illinois law books in which he underlined laws and hence showing that he knew what he was doing. On March 13, 1980, court sentenced Gacy of 12 death sentences and 21 life sentences. According to Gacy, he killed those boys because they were human trash. On May 10, 1984, John Wayne Gacy was executed by lethal injection. Although it feels good every time when people like this get justice served, but in the back of our mind, we all know that these sentences won't bring the dead back it won't bring back a 12-year-old or a 21-year-old boy back to his family. One more thing on which I want to talk is that even till his last days, Gacy was telling the police that there were four person in the killings. Had this case properly been investigated, I think he would have had, there should have been four indictments, a minimum of four indictments. And I say that sincerely. Three of which he named John and the fourth one he called as Jack. According to Gacy, Jack was the one who did all the killings. Now, the doctors told that John had made alternate personalities to cope up with the crime. Well, there is two ways to play this. First is what the doctors said. And second is that it is possible that John did make alternate personality but only three, which he named as John. And the fourth one, Jack, is not a personality but an actual person who was also seen by Jeffrey Ragnall as he mentioned in his book. Well, I leave you to this thought to believe in the version you like the most. That's all for this episode guys. I hope you liked the episode. There are many more to come. So sit tight and enjoy the ride. Next week I'll tell you about a serial killer who installed security equipments in his victim's house because they were afraid of a serial killer on the loose. 
unknown to them the man who installed those cameras is the same man whom they all are afraid of a serial killer who himself named him a serial killer who throughout his spree continuously daunted the media and the police next week i'll introduce you to the btk killer